listening to Pop Health Week on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media, the publisher of HCOWatch.com, and your Pop Health Week co-host with my partner co-founder, Fred Goldstein, the president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. This is a special edition of Pop Health Week recorded live from the just-concluded MGMA 2019 Annual Conference in New Orleans, where Health Innovation Media and Healthcare Now Radio collaborated to provide several pop-up studios, selectively report from several of the educational tracks, and amplify the conference messaging on social media. In this session, Pop Health Week co-host and president of Accountable Health LLC, Fred Goldstein, moderates a roundtable with Healthcare Now Radio principals, Roberta Mullen and Carol Flagg, and yours truly. We discuss our key takeaways from this important conference. So, Fred, over to you. Thank you so much, Greg. It's a pleasure to be doing this show. I'm joined today at the MGMA 19 meeting in New Orleans with Roberta Mullen. Hi, Fred. It's great to have you, Carol. Hi, Fred. And, of course, now we're being joined today by Greg. Thanks, Fred. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's having been, fun. We are having a good time. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's day three of the MGMA show. We've kind of been running around all very busy, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. We're punch drunk love at MGMA. <laughs> so this show will be a little bit of a, a, a different flavor for Pop Health Week. We've got a, a bunch of folks here in the room, and we're uh, going to review the show, review what we learned at MGMA, what we felt was relevant, and uh, maybe some of the other issues that came up as we went to presentations or met with various vendors, et cetera, in the booth. So I think as, 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 as I saw it, I was, I, the, the issues that I most focused on here were interoperability, which was one of the things we had, I know, when we did some work with eFacts and their ability to take data and, and images, et cetera, and move them in a very secure manner. And there was a lot of talk about that, but there was also a sense, I didn't see this as being a highly IT-focused conference like we typically go to, so it was interesting to see where the providers were in terms of their interoperability and ability to exchange data or even think about doing that, and that came up in some of the other presentations. Um, I'm not sure, Roberta, I know you looked at a study. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Well, MGMA has an annual study, and it's the annual regulatory burden report they like to they like to release it during their annual conference. Um, this year, 400 medical groups participated, and one of the uh, some of the key stuff was 86% say regulatory burdens has increased over the past 12 months. And of those, the top burdens were prior authorization, which we've literally been hearing about for like what a decade, maybe two at this point. Um, prior authorization still a, a really, really um, big burden to them. And then coming a close second is QPP, which is all they're doing, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, it was interesting as I looked through that report and saw, you know, as you talk about claims, it's always a problem. But it seems like it's become even more that the payers are saying we're doing more prior auth, we're requiring more review. I got that sense in talking to people uh, both at the conference and then before it. And also the whole issue of all of the stuff with MIPS and MACRA and that reporting. And I guess they're going to take this now, maybe Rob Tennant, who we talked to as well, and use it to then try to talk to these regulatory agencies, the state and federal government, see if they can move some of this stuff off. Is that the sense of what the report's for? Um, that's They're hoping. I mean, they lobby like everybody else. I actually talked to both Humana and 
United Healthcare. They both have booths. A lot of payers have booths um, here. And United, it was actually has a a program that they are trying to. It's free. It's you can you can have it for your um, your practices, and it does all this prior authorization work for you, and does all this analytics for you, and that kind of thing. And my question to them was, okay, well, this is no brainer. Why why isn't anybody talking to you about this? And you know, they were they know because it's a, just another uh, program that they have to do on the front end. But isn't that interesting that they would offer a program do. to mm-hmm. do your pre-auth right. through, I assume, their auth system? That's right. It, it's totally on software driven. It's on the front end. It does everything for you. But what they're saying is, well, you're only one of my insurance people. Right. So I was about to ask you, does it work for others? No. Theirs is just for theirs. Oh, that's fascinating. So, yeah, right. Right. So. They have, you know, they have a solution, but it's only for theirs. Wow, but what's, what's also interesting, this is Greg, you and I discussed this some, is isn't that like just adding another onion to the layer? Mm-hmm. Well, we do our, our prior authorization as a health plan, right. and now we're going to give you the software mm-hmm. to help you do our prior authorization as a health plan. Right. Of course, APIs will save the day. <laughs> <laughs> so true. You're on fire. Right. Oh my gosh! Here we go. Here we go. So, Carol, what sort of, with that lovely lead-in, what sort of what sort of things did you see here at MGMA? Well, you know, obviously, I always have a marketing and sales hat on whenever I go to these conferences, and so I'm always looking for how the conference organizers put it together, how they were able to engage with the attendees, how they were able to engage the attendees with the vendors you know that sort of that sort of process and I think uh, MGMA did a great job we've been uh, absent for a few years and pretty impressed by their uh, spark sessions down the exhibit floor uh, love the fact that they actually uh, hosted a press party for the press and mm-hmm. the media got to engage with each other um, I got to talk uh about Wayne Gretzky with Rob Tennant for a half hour at that press party last <laughs> night. So that was fun. He's Canadian. Big uh, hockey fans, I guess. Uh, you know, grew up in Boston. Roberta knows this as well. She grew up there as well. So, you know, if you're not a Bruins fan, but, Bruins. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you talk about, you know, Rob Tennant talking about interoperability and, uh, you know, obviously he's the, uh, the lead policy person and, and government affairs uh, person for MGMA. And he has a lot to say about all of those issues, including, you know, you're, you're mentioning the interview in the EFAX booth about a couple of proposed rules coming down the pipe. And they had a great conversation with the Berta and myself at the, at the press party beyond hockey, talking about some of the current rules that are in pieces of legislation that, that are being pushed right now and, mm-hmm. and insightful as always. Yeah, and as you think about the conference, I mean, obviously, I thought it was really well done. I thought the exhibit hall worked well. It was easy to talk to folks. What was your sense in walking around it from a marketing perspective, looking at it, if you were an exhibitor to come here or have a booth? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I think there's obviously a a smaller conference than than something like HIMSS or RSNA, but I think that intimacy really works to the advantage of that audience. You know, these are are, uh, not, as you as you alluded to, IT-specific kind of attendees like they are in a lot of the conferences we go to. They're practice directors or practice managers. My husband's a practice director. And when they come to these conferences, they're here to get their continuing ed credits, but they're also here to learn from the vendors. And uh, I think that uh, the atmosphere, the way the exhibit hall layout worked, and it'll, it really allowed for, I think, some really engaging, engaging conversations. And I heard from 
more than one vendor that perhaps quantity wasn't the issue, it was quality, that they felt mm-hmm. they had some really you know, in-depth quality conversations with the attendees that would lead to sales, but more than anything, just kind of open up the doors versus just you know, getting your, your badge scanned and you know, you know, getting a freebie. Right? It's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't really think about this much from a marketing perspective, but I did ask some booths, how was it? And they said exactly what you just said. We had the people who came by were highly engaged and were high quality to talk to and individuals that would potentially lead to, you know, some further business. So they were very pleased with it, which was interesting. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, really well. And I know, uh, Greg, you and I got a chance to attend a couple of sessions that were interesting. And one thing I really like about this conference as opposed to some of the others, which tend to be really these high-level thought things, this is a lot of nitty-gritty, down in the dirt, how do you get stuff done in your practice to be more successful? And I saw that in a lot of the different ones I went into. And I know, Greg, you and I attend a few. Do you want to come in a couple of those? For those who may not be aware, MGMA is the Medical Group Management Association, which uh, dates back quite a few years and has origins. Its roots are in the Mayo Clinic, which I learned through Rob Tennant, as a matter of fact, (laughs) yesterday. But um, this morning they had a a roundtable affiliated practice roundtable, hospital-affiliated practice roundtable. It was uh, moderated by Jeffrey Reitberg, who is, uh, looks like he's lead at uh, HCA Physician Services, and he was talking to uh, about maybe 75, 100 people. And he, his slides were showing that the physician medical practice acquisition binge that health systems have been on for the last maybe 10 plus years, so, you know, version 2.0 of prime, uh, PPMC type uh, entities, physician practice management companies or MSOs. He mentioned that the net effect of all this acquisition is a, a national survey. Physicians who are acquired in, by integrated delivery systems, and he really didn't define whether it was in, integrated clinically or both clinically and financially, including premium retention and distribution. He uh, put up a slide that there's a, eat, there's a per physician loss of appro- approaching $250,000 in the integrated delivery system cohort, and then the all others is around $145,000. And, and I asked him, I said, well, can you give us a deeper dive on this two fifty k figure in, quote, integrated delivery systems? It seems a little uh, counterintuitive because you would think integrated delivery systems are more aligned with value-based healthcare, and, and it's a little bit su- surprising. You would think there'd be more uh, uh, coherence in terms of the relationships between the docs and the system and that there wouldn't be these kinds of losses posted. And he said, well, all I can tell you is speaking from HCA, there's not much appetite right now for risk because our portfolio nationally in our hospital group is risk is about 5% of our book of business, excluding MA plans, Medicare Advantage. So... Uh, I, I, I kind of tweeted out after that. I said, "Wow, you know, here it is, 2019. Everyone's talking risk and value-based healthcare, and five percent of their book of business nationally even made the number one for-profit hospital operator is in risk. So it's. I, I thought that was kind of a an interesting uh, tidbit of information. It's, it's maybe what explains we why. To see. Yeah, maybe explains why we're so slow to transform, so to speak. Well, what's the underlying why?" 
Well, I think it's uh, a lack of an appetite for risk assumption, and it's still a heads in beds mindset. You know, it's go out there and, and acquire practices and, and appoint yeah. medical directors. If you want to get fed and put on weight, stay in the fee for service environment. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So that's awful. That, that's my takeaway from from that. So. Yeah, so I, I have more <coughs> to offer, That's but I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. <laughs> well, to your point of MGMA, and you went, to, um, you went to one of the sessions, and it was really nuts and bolts kind of stuff. You have to remember that the, all these sessions are for the certifications. MGMA is a huge certification yeah. body, all these practice managers. And to get that, every, uh, these are all points, and the people that are coming, the attendees that are coming here, number one reason is to get their certification, well, their, their current certification renewed, or a new certification. Yeah, and I, I get that <laughs> from a certification perspective. I found it great because mm -hmm. you actually were learning hands-on stuff mm -hmm. that people were doing real world that could make a difference, whether it was in reimbursement, it was in AI, or, mm -hmm. or any of the other areas that we heard them talk about. The bundled payments one we went to was fascinating. Excellent. I had lunch with a gal yesterday. She was just sitting at my table, and I asked her where she's from. She was a, a um, she had a clinic. She was a manager of a clinic in Kansas, rural Kansas. And she said, "I said, so how's the how's the um, conference for you?" She said, "I came here last year, and I got so much out of it. I had to come back, and I'm doing it again." She said, "We get very little support out in you know middle of Kansas." So right. Was, and you think about the mix of providers that were here from very small practices mm -hmm. to big big groups pediatric adult neurology orthopedics yeah. all of that and so it was really it's really a fascinating mix plus the the, the big companies the vendors etc mm -hmm. a, a real good and dynamic group that you really get some interesting perspectives on so are we going to do sort of a round robin or should I just give you my second go ahead let her rip so the other one which uh, I attended today is Getting Beyond the Hype, Artificial Intelligence in Today's Medical Practice. And that was uh, moderated by Mike Cuesta, CareCloud, and uh, the two panelists were Mike Muley, MD, Google Cloud Healthcare, and then Josh Siegel, also at CareCloud. Mm -hmm. And he asked for a show of hands. He basically said, uh, there's probably 150 people in the room, and he said, how many of you are, are actively deploying artificial intelligence in your medical practice today? One hand, possibly mm -hmm. two hands went up, which isn't a whole lot of surprising, but mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting snapshot of the marketplace today in terms of AI adoption. But Michael Muley, MD, Dr. Muley from Google Cloud, he, he then said, well, how many are using G Suite? Uh, how many are, you know, <laughs> right. he says, because you're Microsoft already, office, you're yeah. already right. leveraging right. AI. Mm -hmm. You just don't so know you are. Just, you you yeah. just don't yeah. know you are. Yeah. Alexa, yeah. Siri, you know, Cortana, yeah. uh, Google Suite. So I thought that was an inter interesting perspective. But clearly this is an area over the next five, eight, ten years that's just going to explode. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is if we get back to our interview with Kaveh at Hims, where he talked about where AI is really going, and while there's all this hype and big imagery around, oh, we're going to use it for diagnostics and cancer and this and that, the real leveraging of that product is going to be in those services is going to be in the service delivery and your process delivery, where you're taking this stuff and either you know automating through claims or using it to do you know text to or to uh, electronic health record or 
or voice to record. I think that's where it's really going to leverage. And I think practices will benefit from that as they begin to bring it in. But obviously, they've got a whole bunch of other stuff they're worrying about today, as we heard about in the conference, that to start to think about where do we put AI in? Well, we're still trying to figure out how do we get paid as this poor patient now has a $6,000 out of pocket. You know, and then that issue we came across pretty clear in a lot of the presentations. Today. Yes, we are seeing an awful lot of revenue cycle management uh, <laughs> uh, vendors. Yeah, there were a bunch here. So, and the third thing uh, I'll just mention is, which we both attended, which was excellent, uh, commercial plan bundled payments a year later by Penny Noyce, N-O-Y-E-S, of Health Business Navigators. And she gave, I think, a, an excellent detailing of this whole idea of uh, being a uh, accountable specialist versus a bundle, bundler slash convener putting these packages together. And she gave an excellent presentation, but my sort of net out of all of this was, and I posed the question to her at the end of the session, that if I am essentially being a good doc, a good medical group, and we're hitting our targets, and even with a potentially growing share of savings, she suggested 50-50 is only a baseline that as right. you perform, you should expect more, 50, 60, 75, you know, 90, what the heck. And the point was this, every time you move that needle down, you reduce the spend, the cost basis of the care, unless there's some recapture opportunity for additional shared savings to sort of raise the compensation floor, why would I participate in this? You know, why would any physician participate in this? You know, market defense, you know, retention of existing share. But where's the economic incentive? It's just not there. And she kind of resonated with that. And I don't know, what was your take? Yeah, I think when you think about that whole concept, and it, it, whether it's with a bundle or it's capitation or any of those, or even a shared savings model, if you're shared savings and you're lowering the benchmark every year because you're getting more efficient and that lowers the overall benchmark, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there will be nothing left to save and you'll be stuck. And I don't know if providers are thinking that far down the road with that. It, clearly, she understands that issue. So the question really is, I, I, I recognize from my perspective why I'd get into it because if I can take a bundle and I can pull a 30% or a 40% margin off of that versus a five or a 10, then it makes sense. But if that margin keeps getting smaller, then at five years down the road, I got no margin. So you have to think that through in your negotiations. And I think that was also part of what she was bringing up. She had a lot of really good basic suggestions for practices about how to begin to think through bundles and make sure you don't get green by them. So also let me put a plug out to the world and MGMA folk if you're listening. While we were in this session, Fred's on his phone and he's posting uh, to this uh, Google groups, this uh, hackers, healthcare benefits he hackers, healthcare benefits hackers, and he, and it was kind of like the old day of Twitter. You would sort of post a tweet and you'd say, "Say <laughs> hi, I'm talking to 250 people. Say hi," and all these bing, 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 bing would come up. And he, you posed the question, and you got several responses within minutes to your question. So talk yeah, a little bit about. I was that. getting that was answers from. Cap, this, this group of healthcare benefits hackers is an email list serve of people who are all trying to work on healthcare and reduce costs, improve quality, and this and that. And it has really great members around the country. And so I had a globally, I had a, a group of orthopedic surgeons in the Northeast that said, the guy wrote back and said, yeah, we're taking bundled payments and here's how we do it. And here's how you need to think about it and this and that. And I had another group looking up, does Walmart prepay that or not prepay that? Brian Klepper, who many of you know, went ahead and 
was, was pinging Lisa Wood, who runs the benefits packages, runs benefits for Walmart, all of them, to see if she could get an answer to me in time. So it was an interesting use of that Because the question was, she was not aware of any prospective payment. payment. It was bundles. all perform the services, reconcile, and then get paid. Correct. And, the, and at some point, they'll get upfront payments like a health right. plan does. And obviously, what that helps a practice do is you right. take your cash flow and improve it incredibly. Right. You get paid before you ever deliver the services. Um, but to this point, we couldn't find anybody who was doing that through the listserv. And this is digital audience engagement. Absolutely. You know, real time. Great stuff. Yeah, it was very cool. So the two of you, it's been a couple of years since you've been to this thing. You talked about how it's gotten better. What do you think about next year? in San Antonio. Well, right? I'm, I'm ready to go to the river walk, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're right there with you. you. You don't get the margaritas that you do there. <laughs> um, but one more plug to the yeah. MGMA. I uh, I don't know if you guys used, did you use the um, app? I did. The slides are right there. Favorite at uh, all mine. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Everything, everything was great. Um, the, the opening keynote that I went to on Sunday night and all the keynotes when they had afterwards a Q&A, they had it set up so that you just open up the app and afterwards when the Q&A was going on, you open up where it was on the schedule and on the bottom it had a little Q&A uh, deal and you hit that and you, you put your questions in there. And so the guy that was moderating it had it all on his, on his laptop there and they were all feeding yeah. in and he was able to do that. So they, they didn't have people coming up to microphones and everything else went very quickly, got a lot more response. And and you could keep you could keep track of your questions that you were asking and everything. So that I love that there. But otherwise, I thought it was a great app. Gave me notifications what was going on. I didn't set a schedule um, in there, but if someone did, that it would notify them was coming up. It was a great app. It was. Mm -hmm. I did. I also used it one because I loved having the slides right there and mm -hmm. real high resolution, et cetera. And, I'm, mm -hmm. and and then I went through for all the presentations I couldn't get to, mm -hmm. and I've highlighted them now so I can go pull those slides yeah. down right. yeah. to look at them when right. I get back. Right. I thought they did a great job mm -hmm. with it too. Yeah, it was very comprehensive uh, during the during the conference. You didn't have to wait. You, yeah. you know, we don't have to wait till we get back. So far, so yeah, I liked it. Any other closing comments about the conference? Oh, I have a comment about San Antonio. Though. Oh, go right ahead. I know. We'll take that. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I'm uh, glad to be back in San Antonio next next mm. year as well, as mm. Roberta said, not just for Margaritos, but for <laughs> the home of the Puffy Taco. The Puffy mm. Taco is, you've got to try it when you're mm -hmm. in San Antonio next year. But I'm going to be having a couple of the MGM staff, Terry and Holland, on my show, What's My Tagline, uh, in the next uh, month or so, and we're going to be talking specifically about next year in San Antonio mm -hmm. and, and what changes MGMA is going to be making. And you know, obviously they're going to take feedback from all the attendees and the exhibitors and make it even a better experience next year. So I'm really looking forward to San Antonio and and having that conversation with them. Yeah, and I think one more point about this that makes some sense is we we did some pop up studios here. Mm -hmm. Pop-up studios. They work great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got some good attention. Really good interviews talking with people. So that was also a lot of fun. Getting yeah. a little more deeper dive into some of the companies. We'll, we'll be back next year with pop-up studios for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about what we mean by pop-up studio. You mean more than just like we like saying that? Pop-up studio? Yeah. So <laughs> basically what we do is we're, we're a sort of a mobile studio. Yeah. And we set up in the booth. And we often talk to leadership at the company who's exhibiting on the floor at, at MGMA or other conferences like HIMSS, mm -hmm. etc., and just feature their talent 
and get their message out because they're spending you know a reasonable amount of money it's a big investment yeah. to to come to these events and your your message has a half-life of two days day and a half three days right so what we do is we basically capture their message amplify it in real time via social and then create digital content whether it's video or audio of the conversation so their messaging remains evergreen content for a extended period of time so it's a pretty sexy idea and seems to be well received it does and you also do the healthcare now radio show here from here too right no i i do mgma moments which you'll will you'll be able to find on if you listen to healthcare now radio in between shows you'll hear me talking to some people mgma moments so one of the things i think we all noticed was a slightly different response to the press versus some other conferences we attend. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on that? And the reception things? was was great. They they really appreciated us coming. Right, smiley faces, mm-hmm. very accommodating, uh, going out of their way to make sure you know. Mm-hmm. To, do you have? Yeah, do you need anything? Can we help you? I mean, the press party was mm-hmm. great. I mean, they're just a really warm, receptive attitude here, and it, uh, it, 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 it felt a lot different than some of the other conferences that mm-hmm. we go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sense was they were trying to make it easy for us, which was right. easy for me, which made mm-hmm. it great. I could get done what I needed to get done. They were always asking me, hey, do you need help with that, or is, is there any place you don't know where you need to go, or do I need to try to set something up? Do you need a room? Mm-hmm. It was really fantastic. I thought the MGMA staff was incredible. You're here. Mm-hmm. Ditto, ditto. So, what would be um, part of what I had started to talk about with uh, Hallie, the president and CEO of MGMA, mm-hmm. was this value proposition of what the association meant to the community. So, a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with what MGMA does. Yeah. Among other things, mm-hmm. they'll produce practice mm-hmm. benchmarks, production volumes, you know, efficiency indices, uh, national, you know, regional, national cuts and this and that. So they're, they're, I said they're at the front lines blocking and tackling this movement towards value-based health care. Yeah. <laughs> but judging by the comments in the room this morning about right. this tepid response to assuming risk, I'm kind of wondering if that's true. Yeah, I think it's. I think we're, whether it's at MGMA or any of the groups, you're seeing it slow, very you slow. Know, and everyone said, "Oh, you know, we're going to move to value so quickly." And we see this whether it's a colloquium right. or elsewhere, and it just it just really hasn't happened. I I think that's why CMS made their whole change, went to pathways to success, and said, "You've got two <coughs> years. You're going upside and downside risk, and no more of that." And so it's going to take some time. I I, I think it's going to accelerate now. And the other thing that I found really interesting in the conference, just to, as an aside, was I, w- I was able to network with people from all over the place. I mean, I'm sitting at lunch today. We were sitting at lunch, and I suddenly meet someone from the Hattiesburg Clinic, one of the best ACOs in the country, and I'm teaching in the Mississippi at the Medical Center, and we start talking. He said, I'm working with the Medical Center. We're trying to do some stuff. And there was a lot of that, a lot more than I thought I might see at a conference like this. And it was fascinating to hear the different physicians or COOs or practice managers talking about what they were trying to do in their various communities. Yeah. But it was a good networking opportunity. Because you're not overwhelmed here. 
Well, I, yeah, you're not overwhelmed, but I think also, too, is that, you know, MGMA, you know, they made this real concerted effort to have lunch on the exhibit floor, you didn't have to pay for it, you know, so that the attendees, instead of going elsewhere, would actually stay inside the convention center and the hall to, right. for that mm -hmm. very reason. Mm -hmm. You're naturally going to network when all of your peers are sitting right there, you know, being, mm -hmm. being fed lunch. It's hard to sit yeah. and be eating with someone and not say something. Yeah. Right. It's hard. Yeah. Right. Not for 30 minutes. Right. Especially, well, and they're all, you know, and, you know, let's face it, you know, you know, we're, we're all like this when we're, we're our peers, you know, we're, mm -hmm. you know, these are people that we want to naturally network with mm -hmm. because they do, the, you know, these are practice directors and practice managers. They do our job. Mm -hmm. They understand our challenges. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when we're all similar types operating mm -hmm. with similar, similar challenges, you know, I think it makes it easy to find a quick friend. Mm -hmm. And Mike Baselli, if you're listening, just want you to know you got some pretty strong reviews from your MGMA tenants here. They are very happy with their uh, setup at uh, Catalyst HTI, so I'll just pass it on. Fantastic. Well, that'll have to do it from here at MGMA. Thanks, Roberta, Carol, Greg. It's been a pleasure. And now, Greg, I'll turn it back over to you to close her out. And that is the last word for the MGMA 2019 Annual Conference Wrap-Up. Be sure to mark your calendars for next year's annual event in San Antonio from the 24th to the 27th of October, 2020. For more information go to www.mgma.com forward slash events. For Pop Health Week, my colleagues Fred Goldstein, Roberta Mullen, Carol Flagg, and Healthcare Now Radio, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. Bye.